in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hello. Yes, hello, hello. Beautiful overcast day. I love it. I love it when it's overcast. I love it when it's... What is it? It's a little bit, it's uh, 68 degrees, something like that. It's really nice. Hey, by the way, congratulations to the following Republicans for their performance last night at the Newsmax debate. Number one, Andrew Giuliani. Fantastic job. Fantastic job. Number two, Rob Astorino. Fantastic job. Number three, Harry Wilson. Pretty good job. Pretty good. Lee Zeldin. Total and complete disaster. Total and complete disaster. Uh, Now, I'm looking at the cuts that we have here. I don't think, did you guys put any of the defensive stuff, any of the good stuff? No. Uh, That's uh, curious, but I'm telling you, Andrew Giuliani was born to do this stuff. The son of Rudy, he was paying attention, he was learning, and he is fantastic. All right, let me just see. I don't know if this is going to convey exactly how well this guy did, Andrew Giuliani, who I could totally see as the next governor. I mean, I could totally, totally see it. And by the way, a year ago, I couldn't see it. I was like, I don't know. I, I just don't think that this is his race. I don't think this is his time for a lot of different reasons. But now for a lot of the, I was wrong. He has grown. He is ready he is prepared. Oh, he'll be joining us in just a little bit. That's how blown away I was, really. All right, let me just see a little bit of this. Cut eight, Andrew Giuliani from last night. Cut eight. Okay, let's talk about the issues that are important to New Yorkers, like the fact, like you mentioned, inflation through the roof. Look, I have a baby girl, my baby Grace, six months old, and I am concerned with the baby formula shortage. When I think about New York state budget at $220 billion, and I compare Florida's state budget as $98 billion, it's no reason why we lead the country in out-migration. We need to make sure that we work on day one to take the same type of regulatory action in the state of New York that President Donald Trump took in the United States of America. You guys remember when he said for every regulation he'd sign into law, he would cut two. Well, that's what we're going to do in New York. By the way, when he walked out of the White House, that number was over eight to one. And that's why we saw record unemployment. That's what we're going to do in New York. We're going to absolutely make sure we tap into the Marcellus Shale and make sure we can actually make New York the best fracking state in the country again. And we are going to eliminate property taxes for New Yorkers over the age of 65, making $100,000 or less. We need to make sure that we reignite the flame that is New York. This is world-class stuff. He's good. He's very, very good. The other guys, let's see, Astorino. Astorino is very polished. He knows the issues, and he's uh, had big jobs before. Hey, just going back to Giuliani. You know, people will say, well, he's too young, he's too inexperienced. Well, you know what? Barack Obama, everybody. Barack Obama went from being a zero to the president of the United States in a couple of years, all right? This is uh, a new paradigm exists, actually. This guy is totally worthy of the job, Giuliani. He is. He can do it. So is Rob Astorino. Let me hear that. Cut four, please. Cut four. 
Well, I did this. In Westchester, as I mentioned, we held the line on spending, which meant we had to cut hundreds of millions of dollars out of the budget to stay at $1.8 billion for all eight years. And that allowed us to cut property taxes. We worked with all of our businesses, big and small, so they could prosper in Westchester County. And that's something we have to do here in New York. And unfortunately, you know, we go back to the Cuomo years and the Hochul years now. This train has been out of control for so long. And unfortunately, it was people in the state Senate, in New York, in Albany, likely Zeldin, who were voting for the Cuomo budgets the entire time that got us to this point. Unfortunately, that train was put on that track and it was kept by the conductor, Lee Zeldin, and Andrew Cuomo. And that's where we are today, where we are. $40 billion additional in the last two years in our budgets in, West, in uh, New York. And that means we have the highest taxes. I will cut taxes, including the estate tax for our farmers and small businesses, corporate taxes, income taxes. And yes, I already did it. I cut property okay. taxes right. in Westchester and we'll do that in New York. And we'll do that in New York. It was terrific. It was flawless, flawless. Now, Harry Wilson is not as studied. He's an outsider. He hasn't really, he's never done anything political before. Well, he did, actually. He ran for controller, right? Like 12, 15 years ago. Anyway, he was pretty good. He's got some work to do. Let me hear something from Harry Wilson, please. Uh, Cut five. So, Eric, as you know, I'm a businessman, not a politician. I've spent nearly 30 years, the highest levels of American business, fixing broken companies. I think that is exactly the skill set we need to fix the most broken state government in the country. In my turnaround plan, we will cut income taxes 20 percent. We will cut property taxes 20 percent. We will engage in regulatory reform to reduce the cost of living for families across the state. I'm the only person who's created jobs and built a business. and That's exactly what we'll do in a focus on economic development. I am from upstate New York. I understand the challenges of the upstate economy and that experience of both business and having lived it through my entire life is exactly what we'll do to revive the state. So Zeldin, meanwhile, this is how he behaved. He behaved like he had just had a debate for, say, high school senior president. He wants to be the president of his high school senior class. And he just lost that debate. And now he's engaging the guys that beat him in the hallway, in the high school, like he just got beaten in a debate. That's how he was acting. He was acting like he just came from a losing debate by him for high school president, and now he's got a chip on his shoulder about it. Can I hear a little bit of Lee Zeldin? Congressman, the, the, the ease that they just keep lying is just incredible. Uh, the reinvention of, of history as to what happened. <laughs> you, uh, you didn't try to knock us off the bat. Really insane. Let's hear You didn't try to knock us off I'm also endorsed by the yes conservative no? party. Answer the question, Lee. Answer the Again, question. No, I'm saying it's false. And uh, I'm, I'm endorsed by the conservative party. I am uh, also not going to lose this primary next Tuesday because everybody is focused on winning is the only option. Losing is not an option, but it is important for all of us to be one voice this time next week. It is a, is a hard fought primary. There are passions inside of this room and outside will, will of the state. You, will you support oh, the I'm winner? I'm going to be supporting the primary winner next Tuesday. So the answer is even, no. Even if it's not you. you. You just learned a lot about him. The answer is no. I, listen, it, I don't think about losing. It, it's, I refuse to It's lose. a simple yes-no question, Lee. Simple oh, yes no. be supporting the winner of the primary next Tuesday. That he would just you, like you could not say yes to that. It's a fact that you have all presidents in the past. You can't all do this. Gentlemen, gentlemen. The only reason guys here is listen. I'm a big fight. He would not say yes to the simple fact. Guys, I'm a viewer right now. It's not easy to be in second, third, and fourth place. I get it. Congressman, I heard him say. 
I heard him say he would support the winner of the I primary. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would, I I would heard, say, I would I take that, that as a viewer as okay, whoever wins. Okay, good. let's leave it right there. Wow. Well, that was the candidacy of Lee Zeldin going up in flames right there. Right there. Right before your eyes. I don't think he can do it anymore. Nice guy. He's got some serious credentials, too. But no. No, 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 no. And by the way, that's a big chunk of the job. You can say, well, that's very superficial. No, we're not electing the chief bureaucrat. We're not electing the chief accounting officer. We're electing a governor. You know, there's a there's a whole package. There's a lot of finesse that goes with that job. Have you ever heard? I mean, that was just horrendous. And the, the crowd starts booing him. The crowd. Go- Do we have anything else like that? Uh, no. All right. So, look, I think far and away, Giuliani and Astorino, they tied once again, either of those guys, I'd love to see him join forces. You know, I really would. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Harry Wilson, sorry. You know, I just don't think so. But Lee Zeldin, huh? Huh? All right. All right. When the hell's the primary anyway? We've got to get serious about this. Is it the, it's Tuesday, right? It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Is it already the 28th? My gosh. You know what that means? The year is almost halfway Done. Halfway over. Halfway over. All right. Got to live every day to the fullest. Hey, Rudy Giuliani, remember, he sits here every day right after me. The guy is a hero. And they're trying to make him out to be a monster or a lawbreaker. None of those things. You're allowed to make phone calls, especially if you're an attorney, especially if you know about injustice, especially if you want to fix something that's wrong. And that's what he did. The January 6th committee, again, trying to paint him as a monster. And here's their smoking gun evidence, right? Oh, Rudy Giuliani made phone calls when he was told not to. Cut 33, please. Cut 33. Another legislator, Pennsylvania House Speaker Brian Cutler, received daily voicemails from Trump's lawyers in the last week of November. Mr. Speaker, this is Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis. We're calling you together because we'd like to discuss, obviously, the election. Hello, Mr. Speaker. Uh, This is Jenna Ellis, and I'm here with Mayor uh, Giuliani. Hey, Brian, it's Rudy. I really have something important to call to your attention that I think really changes things. Cutler felt that the outreach was inappropriate and asked his lawyers to tell Rudy Giuliani to stop calling. But Giuliani continued to reach out. Oh, my God. Rudy Giuliani continued to reach out even when a lawyer asked him to stop calling. They're making up rules. They're making up laws. This is America. It's a free country. You can tell me something. You can say, don't do this, and I'm going to do that. Your lawyer is not the boss of me. Your lawyer is not making laws. They brought this anonymous kid up, a total twerp. This hearing is so un-American. It is so Soviet. It is so weird. This was possibly the weirdest part. They brought three very you know, clean-cut, well-scrubbed children. I think they're children. Various 23-year-olds, I guess, who work for the committee. They're not members of Congress. And they're spouting off about all the stuff that they don't like. Random children weighing in. And they played this on national television during the committee. Here we go. Cut 34, please. Beginning in late November 2020, the president and his lawyers started appearing before state legislators, urging them to give their electoral votes to Trump, even though he lost the popular vote. The select committee received testimony that those close to President Trump began planning to organize fake electors for Trump in states that Biden won in the weeks after the election. On December 19th, President Trump tweeted about the January 6th rally and told attendees, be there, we'll be wild. 
Many of the witnesses that we interviewed were inspired by the president's call and came to D.C. for January 6th. Oh, my gosh. It really does sound like MSNBC or whatever. It does. This was a total setup, a total setup. They did this to stop the objections. They let those people inside to frame Trump, to stop the objections, the very valid objections that were taking place successfully. Paul Gosar, Ted Cruz, the rest. Mike Pence did fail us. I think he did. And to the extent that he's talking about running for president, ain't going to happen. He's too wooden. He's just a, a strange guy. So, um, oh, I heard this, though. One of the reasons why they're doing this January 6th uh, stuff, and they keep doing it, they want to give people who are not terribly political, or even those who are, like, oh, my gosh, you know, maybe Trump should just, maybe he should just stand down, you know, too much, too much baggage. Maybe he should just go away. This is a campaign to make you feel that way. It's kind of got to be on guard about it. Can be effective. That could be an effective campaign. A lot of people throwing their hands up and saying, eh, maybe we'll just go with DeSantis, right? You know, he's Trump without the baggage. No, don't believe it. And don't let them take away your rights. Don't let them ruin this democracy, sabotaging it all, all over again. We can't let them get away with that. Give me a moment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Greg Kelly Radio Show is on from 1 to 3. The Greg Kelly Newsmax Show again has changed. It's changed to 10 p.m. 10 p.m. Okay, you got beef with it? What do you want from me? I actually love it. I love it. It works for me uh, on many different levels. So join me at 10 o'clock weeknights. And uh, unlike a lot of people... Unlike a lot of broadcasters at uh, <clears throat> other networks, I work on Fridays. I don't know what the hell this is, this part-time, this uh, gentleman's schedule. Everyone's taking off on Fridays. Uh, a lot of people still still Skyping in, Zooming in from home. I don't like that either. That's, uh, that's bad news. All right, so a couple of highlights from my program that I will share with you now. Number one, um, white supremacy is a myth. There are perhaps four genuine white supremacists in the entire country. They're in the woods somewhere, and uh, they're deplorable people. Although, I don't want to call them deplorables because we actually like that word, deplorable. They're despicable people, all right? I can't stand them. Deplorables, we like that term, so we're going to save that one. We won't call the whites. We'll call them despicable, awful, ugly people, the white supremacists. Uh, but as far as white supremacy being a, being a threat, to American democracy, which they say is the number one threat, all that stuff. Total lie. Total lie for cheap, cheap political gains. Um, Joe Biden loves to be on the lookout for it so he can brag about it, so he can talk about it. They rounded up twice the usual suspects in Idaho. Did you hear about that? One of the fishiest cases in the world. They were intending to riot, intending, but they never got around to it. So they arrested a bunch of guys. They call them white supremacists. So Joe Biden could, well, brag that they got these white supremacists and you got to watch out for all the white supremacists because they're coming after you. Got 29. Got 29. Just look at what happened in Idaho last weekend. 31 white supremacists stopped just before they reached the Pride celebration where they apparently planned to unleash violence on people gathering peacefully in a show of their pride. I'm grateful for the swift response of law enforcement 
And they responded. They responded. It was was very. What what, what do you do with a bunch of people who haven't started to riot? You're intending to riot. I can I can I can sense it. I can. You look like you want to riot. Wow. If only they locked up people, um, you know, during Black Lives Matter. Well, we wouldn't have because that would have been wrong. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine what would have happened then? Hey, you look like you're heading downtown to riot. We're going to stop you right now. No. Hey, agents in the whipping incident face DHS discipline. Department of Homeland Security, you know, their administrative charges against those Border Patrol cops who were on the horses trying to keep the illegal immigrants out of the country is exactly what they're supposed to be doing. And they need those horses. So they can't get them on anything. And now it looks like they're going after him for the use of foul language. <laughs> the use of foul language. Can you believe that? In America today, foul language. Walk down the block. It's unfortunate, but it's there. It's everywhere. You know, they've just convinced themselves that Donald Trump is this, uh, what, he's a traitor, he's a misogynist, he's a racist, he's all these things. They say it all the time. And ultimately, that, that takes... That, that, that has an impact on normal people. Now, I want to say that Judge Ludig was probably at one point a normal person. Did you see this? The star witness. The star witness for the January 6th stuff. And he is a respected judge, although I found out one of the reasons why he's so bitter. You'll hear in a moment. He sounds like a maniac. Why was Judge Ludig so bitter? And quite frankly, it looks like he has a serious, some serious problems. They... The plan was to make him a Supreme Court justice, but they passed him over for some reason, and he quit the federal bench. Like, hardly anybody ever quits the federal bench. All right, here he is, and he's now convinced not only is Trump a threat, but those who support him. This is where this guy totally jumps the shark. I support him. You support him, probably. So we are the threat. We are the threat to America. We are the existential threat to America. You ready? Cut 30. I have written... As you said, Chairman Thompson, that today, almost two years after that fateful day in January 2021, that still Donald Trump and his allies and supporters are a clear and present danger to American democracy. A clear and present danger to American democracy. Saying that, just saying that, that's the clear and present danger. Clear and present danger, I believe, means that, you know, what is he getting at? You can shoot people on sight? What is the clear and present danger concept? Let's look it up here. The clear and present danger test features two independent conditions. First, the speech must impose a threat that a substantive evil might follow. And second, the threat is a real imminent threat. Huh. A real imminent threat. The court had to identify and quantify both the nature of the threatened evil and the imminence of the perceived danger. Uh, He shouldn't be talking about that stuff. For example, the government may prohibit a person from falsely crying out fire in a crowded room in order to prevent panic and injury. The principle was first articulated in the United States Supreme Court 
Schneck versus the United States. All right, hold on a second. Let's get into it. In constitutional law, the principle that government, notwithstanding the First Amendment to the United States, may restrict, prohibit, or punish speech or the printing and distribution of words if it is necessary to prevent a clear and present danger of an event that the government has a right to prevent. See, this is where it gets scary. I should have I should have called that out earlier. I knew there was something very low, the clear and present danger. For example, the government may prohibit a person from falsely cl- crying out fire in a crowded room in order to prevent panic and injury. The prince. Wow. They're saying that they will restrict our freedoms to prevent a clear and present danger. That's what that judge, that judge almost made it to the Supreme Court. That judge almost made it to the a clear and present danger. Bite your tongue, old man. Excuse me. Nothing wrong with being old. Hopefully we'll all be old someday. But uh, that was a little bit too far. Judge Ludig, you think supporting President Trump is like calling out fire in a crowded theater? We know what you're doing. In part, this is, I know you're bitter at the Bushes, but I think you're still working for them. Because the Bushes hate Trump more than they love America. Remember that. Dangerous. A lot of these people hate Trump more than they love America. That is a toxic combination. Give me a moment. Hey, Andrew Giuliani will be calling into the show in a moment. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Got to say this. Mike Pence should not be running for president. It is a betrayal of Trump. Not the first time either. Not the first time. Mike Pence. Mike Pence, you were misleading us. When you said this, you were you were you were being cute on January 4th of 2021. You said this and you were deceiving us. Cut 43. You know, I know we all we all got our doubts about the last election. And I want to assure you, I share the concerns of millions of Americans about voting irregularities. And I promise you, come this Wednesday, we'll have our day in Congress. We'll hear the objections. We'll hear the evidence. No, we didn't hear the evidence, did we? And we didn't hear all the objections, did we? Because they let those people in. And Pence had a whole hell of a lot of discretion, and he didn't use it. And now he's trying to uh, explain that away. And actually spin it negatively against Trump. Because this is not what we were talking about, Mike. The fake news may believe it, but... No, those of us who know, know the truth and know that you're deceiving. Again, cut 44. I heard this week that President Trump said I had the right to overturn the election. But President Trump is wrong. I had no right to overturn the election. The presidency belongs to the American people and the American people alone. And frankly, there is no idea more on american than the notion that any one person could choose the American president. Well, you dummy, that's not what anybody was really talking about. We're talking about you sending the electoral votes back to the state capitals so they can look at it. That's not determining who the next president would be. Not at all. It's a different. It's different. Now, you want to simplify it. You want to blame Trump and you want to take a shot at him because you want to be president someday. And I think you well, basically you just crave the approval of the fake news. That's a silly game, very silly game. Chris and the Catskills. Hi, Chris. What's going on? 
Hey, I was the first one out of anybody that said, I thought Andrew Giuliani's going to win this primary. I, I happen to be a Democrat. I used to be an elected official myself. But when I heard him speak, he has the ability to convey two-way communication like he's listening and he's conveying empathy to the audience. These other three men don't do that. He doesn't have anywhere near the experience that they do. By the time he's been involved in politics, 8, 10, 12 years He's going to be a very polished public speaker. Well, he is a polished public speaker right now. I want you to stay with that. I mean, forget forget resume for a moment. And quite frankly, people don't care about that the way they used to. They don't. I mean, if you if, if, if Lee Zeldin sat you down and started talking about all of the jobs he had, your eyes would glaze over in about six seconds. People don't care what you did. Maybe they should, but they don't. They care about who you are and what you can do, what you will do. So I don't think that matters anymore. I mean, I, I, I can't see his, I mean, how much better can he get? I mean, let's hear some of that Giuliani. He was fantastic. I mean, just on fire. One more time. Okay, let's talk about the issues that are important to New Yorkers, like the fact, like you mentioned, inflation through the roof. Look, I have a baby girl, my baby Grace, six months old, and I am concerned with the baby formula shortage. When I think about New York state budget at $220 billion, and I compare Florida's state budget as $98 billion, it's no reason why we lead the country in out-migration. We need to make sure that we work on day one to take the same type of regulatory action in the state of New York that President Donald Trump took in the United States of America. You guys remember... When he said for every regulation he'd sign into law, he would cut to. All right. So, Chris, I think what you're getting at is the communication skills are totally there. You think he needs a few more years of experience, you know, building up his resume or something like that. Is that what you're saying? Maybe the communication is there. I said the communication is there. It's going to get better. My point is he's a he's a novice and he's better than these men already. I ran for office and got elected the first time on a county level. I took out a Republican that was in office for 18 years, never lost an election. I beat him by 10 points. The first time I spoke in public, the Republican village mayor and one of the village board members, who was also a Republican, the mayor turned to the board member and said, this kid's going to win. And there was very few people that thought I was going to win. I saw this. I heard the same thing out of Andrew Giuliani listening to him speak while I was listening to this radio station. Greg, right now. I think it's very important. I'm fed up as a Democrat about the Democratic Socialist Association of New York State and the Working Families Party. Right now, in upstate New York, where I live, Assemblyman Kevin Cahill is getting primary challenged by a socialist, and the Working Families Party has been sending out dirty mailers. All right. I have no idea what race this is, but look, your antennae are superb. And you saw this Giuliani thing. Let me just ask you this. What office did you run for and win, beat, 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 beating that long-term incumbent? I was a county legislator for four years. And then the guy that beat me is the greatest populist. He was with the Independence Party, got endorsed by Republicans and conservatives. It's a very close race. And then he took two right. years off, came back as a Democrat. All right. Hey, Chris, I got to cut <laughs> you off because the man, the man himself is on the line right now. Andrew Giuliani, Republican candidate for governor, uh, he certainly was spectacular last night. And in all of these debates, Andrew Giuliani, how you doing? Craig, doing great. In Binghamton right now, where they're actually picking up the WABC. I was just talking to somebody who says they listen to you. They listen to Birdie and said they listen to some other guy named Giuliani, who I think comes on right after you, too. <laughs> hey, where in Binghamton are you? I used to live in Binghamton. I lived there for uh, almost a year. Love that. I'm t- actually in... 
I'm actually in Recreation Park right now, and we're going to have to stop over by the uh, get a little Italian food because it is some of the best Italian food, not just in the state, but also in the country in Binghamton and Endicott. All right. Well, listen, you had an amazing night last night, and it's not because you got lucky. You're obviously gifted at this stuff. Uh, I think Zeldin's campaign went up in smoke right before our eyes. Uh, just give me your thoughts on last night, and uh, how'd you get so good at this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> it must it must be going on with guys like Greg Kelly and learning and, and learning from guys like Rudy Giuliani. Look, the truth is, and I think this was so important. Uh, we had three debates to make our case to New Yorkers, and for me, I wanted to make sure that I focused the overwhelming majority on an action plan that New Yorkers could see. Because look, Lord knows, Greg, whether it's crime and how it's gone out out of control, whether it's bail reform, whether it's these unconstitutional mandates which kept me out of the room in the first two debates. Uh, we need real leadership. We don't need somebody who's going to spend their time squabbling and flip-flopping. And unfortunately, I think uh, that's what Lee spent his time focused on. I wanted to focus on an action plan. Uh, and I think that's what uh, hopefully the plan uh, was conveyed there to New Yorkers over the last three debates. And, and we'll be closing hard here between now and next Tuesday, June 28th, and asking New Yorkers to come out there and voice their support at the polls. Who would you rather run against, uh, Kathy Hochul or Tom Swazi? Tom Swazi has shown some spite and spirit in his own debates with Kathy Hochul. You have a preference? You know, this is always a tough one, and I know that they sometimes ask coaches this in games. Do you like to play against this team or that team? So, you know, I'm focused completely on this race. I can tell you that I think Kathy Hochul has been more of the same with regards to the Cuomo administration, whether it's from the health mandates, whether it's from not caring about actually getting crime down. You can just go look at her state of the state speech, and she never once mentioned bail reform, Greg. Uh, or you can look at the corruption and what we saw from her husband profiting off of the Buffalo Bill Stadium deal and her lieutenant governor getting fired within the first seven months. Uh, it's just more of the same corruption from the Cuomo administration that we're seeing in the Hochul administration. So I would love to run against her record uh, and put that uh, right up to New Yorkers and say, hey, look, we haven't had a Republican governor in 20 years. Uh, it's time for a change. That or you're going to continue to see New Yorkers flee the state for places like Florida and Texas. I don't think New Yorkers should have to choose between feeling safe and New York. I think that should be an option where we can feel safe in New York again. So if the folks didn't see it, you can find the debate on Newsmax.com. It's there. It got really raucous at times. You were very much above the fray, actually, uh, Andrew. I thought in a pretty classy way as uh, as he was going after, Zeldin was going after Harry Wilson. It got brutal. He did take a nasty shot at you, criticizing yeah. you for uh, you know something you did when you were three years old. It was totally ludicrous. <laughs> what happens after that kind of debate? Do you guys all shake hands? Do you look at, you know, what was the what was it like afterwards? Or did you just go off your on your own way? No one's talking to anybody because everybody's steamed. Well, look, I, I shook his hand. I said, good fight. You know, I, I went out there and I laid it out for the world. And this was kind of the, the one hit that I had against Lee because I, I wanted to really make sure uh, that the world saw that, that Lee flip-flops on issues. A few years back, he said that President Trump's past statements were racist. Uh, he lied to New Yorkers on Monday about that and said that he didn't say that and then said we selectively edited. it. We didn't. We posted the complete video. I, I wanted to see shouldn't you show New Yorkers that if they choose to support Lee, they're getting somebody who's going to flip flop like that and somebody that doesn't have his mind. Um, but to me, I wanted to spend the overwhelming majority of my time focused on the issues, as I said before. But certainly it, it was, uh, you know, shook Rob's hand, shook Harry's hand and I shook Lee's hand as well. 
Um, look, whatever differences divide us, and, and there are major differences, we all have to agree that come June 29th, after hopefully that Republican voters come out and speak and say they want Andrew Giuliani to be their nominee, but if the people say something different, then I will get behind whoever can knock off Kathy Hochul. I believe that's going to be me. I'm looking at the polling. It looks really good right now, but we need to make sure that we have something far better than Kathy Hochul come November 8th. Well, Andrew Giuliani, uh, you have found your true calling, public service. This is it. You're, you're, you're amazing at it. I'm, uh, I'm hoping for the best on Tuesday. Many good things to come, great things to come for you and the people, I think. Andrew Giuliani, hey, where can people go to uh, if they want to chip in or help? Go to saveny.org and uh, make sure you come on out to the polls on Tuesday, June 28th, and vote Giuliani. And, and Greg, as always, it's an honor to be on with you, and I love seeing what you're doing right there. I don't know if it's Greg Kelly or Rudy Giuliani, but I keep seeing WABC is getting better and better ratings. That's a pretty good one, <laughs> one-two punch, I'd say. All right, thanks so much, Andrew Giuliani. Saveny.org, right? Saveny.org. Andrew Giuliani, thanks for being with us. Take care. Thank you, Greg. All right. You bet. You bet. Uh, great guy. Great candidate. Big things to come. we got to get Rob Astorino on the phone for fairness, of course. We'll, we'll do that. And, um, man, I think he's uh, I think he's very impressive. As a matter of fact, right now, Joe wants to say something about Andrew Giuliani. He's in Whitestone. And it better be nice, Joe. <laughs> Hi, Greg. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, Greg, uh, Andrew was there a couple of weeks ago with his father at the uh, – Whitestone Republican Club, and I'm telling you, he is terrific. He's great on his feet. Uh, he knows the issues, and he's funny, and uh, I think the crowd loved him over there, and I wish him all the best. Uh, I worked uh, for the city for 30 years, uh, and one of the terms was under his father, and I loved working for the city during the Rudy Giuliani administration, and I wish him all the best. Awesome, pal. Awesome. Great stuff. All right. I agree. Let's see here. I think I want to got to go to Marianne in Philadelphia. Hi, Marianne. Hello. What's going on? Hi, Greg. I have a couple things I wanted to run by you. Uh, okay, what? All right, ready? First of all, I agree with everything that you great, uh, you know, how you feel about Afghanistan and uh, the, the food uh, things, places that were burned down and the white supremacists that were going to attack the pride parade that was a setup and uh what else oh the honorable honorable letter is it hey you got a little yeah you got a note here you want to say something about clear and present danger what's that about yeah uh, honorable letter he came scripted and like he had a read was one of revenge trips okay yeah, he really did. I mean, it sounded like somebody was also maybe holding his family hostage backstage. I mean, who talks like this? Um, let's see. One more time. I think he was under some sort of weird uh, duress. Cut 45, please. Judge Ludig, at the risk of oversimplifying for the non-lawyers who are watching, is it fair to say that the 12th Amendment basically says two things happen? The vice president opens the certificates and the electoral votes are counted. Is it that straightforward? <laughs> He's, this is not cut. It's, he waits this I long. would not Here want that to be my testimony before the Congress of the United States. Huh? 
the language of the 12th Amendment is that simple. Very, very strange man and testimony. Anyway, Marianne, one more thing and then I got to go. What else? All right. One more thing. Uh, two more things, maybe. One. Uh, real quick. Jody Geneva was on and he, he also corrupt. Uh, he agrees with what we think about this uh, Honorable Ludwig. And Pence, if you watch, like you do, if you watch where Senator Cozart and Cruz ask him, ask Pence to audit, not overturn, audit the states in question. Right. Okay. If you watch the full clip, okay, and then you back it up and, and watch it again, hit the pause button. And then roll it slow. Gosh, just tell me, what am I going to see? Watch the body language, his facial expression, and his eyes. You'll see it. I was shocked. What do you see? I I was shocked and betrayed. I said, oh, my God, he's going to throw Trump under the bus. I saw it in 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 his body language. Yeah, you can tell he's not into it. I've never watched it in slow-mo like that. I think I will, though, because I'd like to see the little, little details but he can tell he's not pumped, and he's like, uh-oh, shoot, I got a, uh-oh, I got a problem on my hands. Marianne, great observations. I got to take a quick break. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, one thing that they get really, really concerned about, uh, uh, Donald Trump is uh, not listening to his advisors. He's got to listen to his advisors. Why doesn't he listen to his advisors? His advisors were telling him that this uh, election fraud claims were baseless, without merit. No, his advisors. He wasn't listening to his advisors. His advisors. He has to listen to his advisors. Right, fake news? Cut 35. Bill Stepien describing how he and other advisors told Trump in the days after the election that the odds of winning were slim. Advisors told Trump election fraud claims were false. Trump's aides told him he'd lost the election. Several of Trump's advisors testified that they tried to convince the president that his claims of election fraud were false. Oh my gosh, all these advisors. These advisors. They were advising him something. Why didn't the president listen to them? Because all the president does, right, is he gets there and he, he, he talks to their advi- the advisors. Advisors. With their advice. With their advice. He's the president of the United States. Quite frankly, if he doesn't want to have any advisors, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to have advisors. Look it up. Where is it? does it say in the Constitution about his advisors? And that the president must listen to the advice. He doesn't. And thank God he doesn't. And you know what? Throughout history, we have had great leaders who have blown off the advisors and their advice. Anybody ever hear of Winston Churchill in the heart of World War II when Germany had the upper hand, was pummeling the hell out of London day in and day out? You know what they were talking about in the Winston Churchill cabinet? Surrendering. Surrendering. We'll get very decent terms if we surrender at this point. Hitler is not a madman after all. We could get a very decent, decent arrangement. It actually happened. The advisors. And Winston Churchill did not listen to his advisors. He was captured very powerfully, very beautifully, in a film from about five years ago called Darkest Hour. Gary Oldham played Winston Churchill. 
Listen to what Winston does to his advisor, his advisor who says, surrender to Hitler. You ready for this? It's great. Cut 36. You cannot reason with a tiger when your head is in its mouth. Oh, gosh. You guys, you cut off the whole good part about where he's actually talking to the advisor. Why do you guys do that? The advisor. All right. So the, the look at my TV show. And it was. Anyway, the guy's like. Mr. Prime Minister, we are being beaten severely. If we surrender now, we'll keep our army and possibly keep our heads. Hitler is not a madman. He won't be outrageous. How many times will you wrestle with it? It was great. It was great. Wait a second. Did they monkey with my... Was that how they showed it in the TV show? They better not have. Sometimes sometimes the editors get a little... Uh, a little aggressive. All right. Uh, we did not pay or we don't vote for a president to just listen to strangers we never met. Or we didn't vote on. We didn't vote on those children, those children who showed up at the January 6th hearing yesterday. We didn't vote for Bill Barr. We voted for Mike Pence to be vice president, not president. It's not up to him either. All right. Not up to him either. Hmm. Hey, are you guys big drinkers out there? Are there a lot of drinkers? I just came from a reception where a lot of people were drinking. It's just not my thing anymore. Especially during the day. I think you could really, I don't know, think back. Has anything, have you ever been like, wow, I'm really glad I had all that to drink. I'm really glad I had those three drinks or four drinks or more. Damn, I really made some great decisions when I got drunk. Has anybody in the history of the world ever said that? Now, the only thing it kind of does a little bit, I guess, it's a disinhibitor. They call it disinhibitor. So you will, uh, you know, I guess when you were trying to meet somebody like a girl at a bar, you know, you'd have the liquid courage to walk up and strike a conversation. But nobody, quite frankly, needs that anymore because everybody, I mean everybody, meets on these silly apps, Bumble, Tinder, um, you know, all that stuff. You don't need any liquid courage. You just swipe left and swipe right. And um, even rejection, when rejection comes to you over an app, a phone, it just doesn't sting like, you know, a girl turning her back on you in a bar, right? It's just not a, you can, it's no big deal. That's why everyone's so careless now. They just ask people out all day long. You want to hook up? 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 The law of averages say uh, you're going to be able to hook up. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, you might be batting um, 800, 900, actually. Know what I mean, Christine, in Middletown, Connecticut? Yeah, it's amazing. I have to confess I won a couple bowling tournaments that I was pretty sloshed way back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but you know what? I wish Andrew Giuliani was running for governor here in Connecticut. I was, if I was a New York resident, I'd vote for him. Uh, why do you like him so much? I concur, but why? Why? He has conviction. He has a plan. You could. He doesn't hesitate. He sounds like he has wants to take action. He brought up Florida's state budget is less than New York's, even though Florida has more a higher population than New York. No one else pointed that out from what I heard in the soundbite. You're right. He doesn't hesitate. He has a plan. 
he's like spring-loaded for action. Very, very impressive. I was, I was quite frankly blown away. Uh, and he gets better and better in each of these debates. So um, we'll see what happens. Election day, the primary is Tuesday. Good luck to uh, Andrew Giuliani. I'm also pulling for Rob Astorino, of course. All right, give me a moment. I'll be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, just in time, just in time, (laughs) three months, four months too late, and Biden is calling for a gas tax pause as prices soar. This will make little to no difference. And also, I don't think he's going to be able to pull it off. Hey, what's up? You okay? You look, you go. Oh, hey, Rob Astorino is already on the line. All right. Uh, former county executive of Westchester, former Republican nominee for governor, and maybe the next Republican nominee for governor, Rob Astorino, who uh, had a great night last night at that debate. Rob Astorino, welcome back. How are you? I'm feeling good. I uh, I love how this is unfolding as people are paying attention. And yeah, it's been interesting, these three debates, the dichotomy between the candidates and the supposed front runner, who I think has had a meltdown in all three. But um I'm loving where we're at, you know, and I'm hearing from everybody everywhere. We're right now on I-90. We started the morning in Buffalo, then we were in Rochester and Wayne County, now going to be in Syracuse in a little bit. Wow. All right. So you're making the you're making the rounds. Um, just do me a favor. Make your case. Why Rob Astorino? Why should people vote for you? I think it's there's two reasons. One, you've got to look at all the candidates and say who can actually get elected in November, because that's what this is all about. Who who has the executive experience and was able to do it, has a record to prove it. That's me in Westchester. You know, we cut taxes, never raised them and held the line firm at one point eight billion dollars in the budget for all eight years. Nobody does that anymore. But I did it. And I had a Democrat county board and. You know, I did things uh, that they didn't want me to do, but I had strong executive experience. I brought the gun show back. I, I made, you know, I vetoed the sanctuary county bill that they passed, uh, clinic access bill that they wanted to, you know, hurt and, 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 you know, have criminal charges and civil charges against those peacefully protesting outside an abortion clinic. So I've got the spine of steel, and I know what it takes to not only be elected in a blue county like Westchester, which is sort of like New York, but also, you know, looking at my opponent in Lee Zeldin, he had his chance. That's the biggest issue. Unfortunately, when he was in the Senate majority in Albany with Cuomo, he was a reliable vote for the Cuomo agenda, which is why he's getting unhinged in these debates when he's challenged about that. He gets very angry and defensive and and starts, you know, resorting to childish names (laughs) But that's really important. That says who you were, and you enabled him. You voted for the Cuomo budgets and all the junk in it. And when I took Cuomo on back then, I realized he was a corrupt thug. He was supporting the agenda. That's a very big difference between us. Hey, you mentioned like- the, the the meltdown. I want to play it a little bit, all right? This is uh, yeah. not sure which moment this is, but 
He gets very defensive. It's very strange. This is Zeldin, and uh, let's hear a little bit of uh, last night. Congressman? The the ease that they just keep lying is just incredible. Uh, The reinvention of of history as to what happened uh, is just truly insane. Let's hear you, you didn't try to knock. I'm us also off. endorsed by the yes conservative no? party. Answer the question, Lee. Answer the Again, question. No, I'm saying it's false, and uh, I'm, I'm endorsed by the conservative party. I am uh, also not going to lose this primary next Tuesday because everybody is focused on winning is the only option. Losing is not an option, but it is important for all of us to be one voice this time next week. It is a is a hard-fought primary. There are passions inside of this room and outside will, of the will state. You, will you support oh, the I'm winner? I'm going to be supporting the primary winner next Tuesday. So the answer is even, no. Even if it's not you. you. You just learned a lot about him. The answer is no. I, listen, it, I don't think about losing. It, it's, I refuse to It's lose. a simple yes-no question, Lee. Simple oh, yes, I'm going to be supporting the winner of the primary next Tuesday. Ago, that he would just you like you could not say yes to the fact that, that part. you had all president You All right, that's pretty intense there. That's you. That's you. You learned about him right there. He won't promise to endorse you or Andrew or... Uh, Harry Wilson will not make that commitment, and that's very rare in politics, actually, in, 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 in what I would call mainstream politics. Well, look, that says that's a window into his beliefs and his soul. I have said I'm going to win this primary, but if I don't, I will support any of the Republicans because we need to win in November and put an end to this chaos and dangerousness and unaffordability. But Lee won't do it. And, um, you know, Whoever wins the Republican primary is going to have the conservative line as well. The conservative will give the nomination to whoever wins the Republican Party. So we'll all be united. But to have somebody like Lee Zeldin, who, again, was voted the most one of the top liberal Republicans in the House by all these ratings agencies, more liberal than Liz Cheney and Adam Kinziger in his votes. When I brought that up, I mean, his head exploded. But that's the truth. (laughs) And just defend it. You know, I mean, but that's. That's what Republican primary voters should know. All right. Well, look, we got to keep it there because, uh, well, the the election commission keeps us to special time requirements (laughs) when you guys call in. And we're grateful that you did, by the way. So if anybody wants to help out Rob Astorino, uh, how do you do it? Is it RobAstorino.com? Yeah, or follow me on social media. But the biggest thing is vote. Vote for me, Rob Astorino, in the primary anywhere between now, early voting and Tuesday. And, you know, you might like another candidate a little bit more, but you have to say who can actually win in November, and that would be me. All right. Rob Astorino, everybody. Great job last night. Good luck, sir. All the best. Safe drive on the highway, too. You guys drive like crazy. I'm not saying you drive fast, but you drive a lot of miles when you're campaigning. Seriously, be safe. We're we're meeting a lot of state troopers along the way. (laughs) All right. Good stuff. Thanks, Rob Astorino. Thanks. I wonder what that's like running uh, running for office. You know what I mean? I mean, constantly, constantly, constantly. And you got to meet some bozos along the way, people you don't like, right? You got to meet some people you don't like. Oh, shoot. I'm so sorry. We hung up on Sandra by mistake. Sandra, uh, if you call back, I promise, you know, you're our, one of our favorites. We'll go right to you. I'm sorry about that. But, uh, hey, it certainly looks like rain tonight. Man, look at these dark storm clouds. And they say it's actually going to start raining at about 5 o'clock. Today is June 22nd, the first full day of summer. Yesterday wasn't exactly a full day. My summer is off to a great start, primarily because I get up and I exercise. First thing, I exercise 
I exercise, and that changes the day. I'm not eating until about lunchtime. That's good. And the other thing that's good is, um, uh, I don't know, I'm I'm on a quest to rediscover the Bible, which I, you know, I, I, I'll be honest. I was talking about it more than I was reading it for a while, and I have to uh, get back into the Word. I think maybe I won't talk about it until I've been doing it for at least a month. Got to get back into the Word. It's very, very important. It made such a difference in my life. All right, goof, phew. One of our most uh, honored guests, Sandra, is back from New Jersey. Hi, Sandra. How are you? Hey. Hey, how you doing, Greg? Nice to talk to you. Um, I wanted to say two things. I love Andrew Giuliani. I'd love to see him win to have a continuation of his father. I almost see the smile is so similar in the two, and it just warms my heart to listen to him, and I know he would do a great job. I also agree with you. I, I like Rob, too. But um, I really called for a different reason. I was watching the uh, riot committee yesterday as I was practicing my piano, and I turn around and I see that Trump is being taped as he speaks. Is that allowed? I'm sorry, he's being taped as he speaks. Oh, I see. Some of those conference calls, that kind of thing. Is, is that, that allowed? It, I was shocked. Yeah, it, uh, it's an interesting question. Um, if he were a private citizen, you know, the rules, mm-hmm. the laws vary from state to state. Most states do have something called one-party consent. So if I call you, Sandra, on the phone, uh, if I consent to taping the call, then that's okay. I don't have to ask for your permission. Now, again, this depends on where you live. Um, I don't know what the law is. I see you're in New Jersey. I don't know what the law is there. But most states have that, one-party consent. So one person on the line needs to know that they're being recorded. This is to prevent somebody else from eavesdropping. Um, I would imagine the president— You know what? Here's the guy with him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that was legal. The other thing is this. Trump, the way he speaks, and I've heard him do this. I've seen him do it. You can hear him do it in tapes. You know, reporters like Bob Wood would be like, "Uh, Mr. President, I'm going I'm taping this conversation. Is that okay with you? And he'd be like, sure. Yeah, that's fine. It doesn't it doesn't change him at all. He doesn't like, oh, wait, wait a second. Uh, All right. So you're taping now. Okay. Uh, One, two, three. He doesn't change. So he kind of like he's just on this mode, this public mode all the time. So it's an interesting question. I haven't heard it raised other than by you, and I always assume that Georgia is a one-party consent state, and so is Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. is one-party consent. Let's look up Georgia real quick. Georgia, phone call, one-party consent. Um, um, It is legal to record a conversation they have without the other party's consent. This is because the recorder is consenting to the recording, and Georgia state recording law is one-party consent rule. So if that snake Raffsenberger said it was okay with himself, then that's all he needed. Does that make sense? Yes. I, I don't like it. I, to say what, I don't either, but I wanted to say one more thing. Piers Morgan, he uh, he's like not rooting for Trump. He's uh, not. He's rooting for DeSantis. I mean, it would be better... If we had both of them on the same ticket, we'd have Trump four years. And then what do you care about Piers Morgan? What what makes you what, what are you worried about him for? I don't know because he's annoying, but people listen to him. <laughs> well, he is annoying. <laughs> he definitely is an annoying guy. Do people listen to him? Do people have ever? Has anybody ever said you know Piers Morgan says this? I guess we got to listen. I don't know. I, 
I, I hope I hope not. I okay. hope not too. I exactly. hope not too. All right. Well, be hey, Sandra. You said you were taking the piano. Is your piano nearby? Yes. I have the piano right here, and I, I play every Thursday well, night well, at a restaurant called called GPs. You called can come what? on time. Well, do me a favor. It's play G- DPs. Yeah. Play right now. G- oh, really? I don't know if I want to do that. Oh, but I, come on. Well, like, go for it. Play I, 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 You really want me to play? Just go for oh, it. Something on. good, yeah. Well, let's see. I'll play. I don't want to take up time to pick a song, but I'll play um, The Way We Were. Do you like that? Sure. All right, let's see. Oh, you got me so nervous. Um. All right, you're, nervous, Greg. you don't be nervous. I'm you're terrific. Nervous. I can tell it's a crummy connection. It's through the phone, but I can tell you're very, very good. That was quite nice. Thank you, Sandra. Uh, we'll see you at the restaurant. I would love that. You take care, Greg. Right. Have a great day. You too. You too. Ah, oh, that was nice. Who remembers that movie the way we were with Barbara Streisand and uh, Robert Redford, which wasn't exactly a match made in heaven. I mean, let's face it, for obvious reasons. Um, all right, I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, congratulations to um, Rita. Rita Cosby. She got a Gracie Award. What is that Gracie Award? I'm not entirely clear, but it's it's very prestigious. Hey, we have a total sociopath running for U.S. Senate in Missouri. Eric Greitens. Greitens. Have you ever heard about this guy? Um, he became governor back in 2016. He was, he's basically in love with himself. You know, he's, I could tell he was getting a little bit carried away. Turns out he was a lot carried away. So he's a Navy SEAL, and he becomes an, uh, a Rhodes Scholar, does well in college, so he becomes a Rhodes Scholar. Then he joins the Navy, Navy SEAL. You know, on paper, that's all pretty kick-ass. Behind the scenes, though, it looks like he had a major screw loose. Um, you know, everybody, everybody. I mean, a lot of people have their have their proclivities, have their interests that they'd rather not, you know, see in the front page of the newspaper. And I understand that. Believe me. However, however, when it comes to um, tying up a woman against her will, as was the allegation, and taping up a bunch of pictures of her. Well, wait, wait what was the deal? She wanted to be tied up, but she didn't want her pictures taken. And he allegedly took pictures of her and said, if you say a word about anything, I'm going to post these pictures on the Internet. Uh, Yeah, that's a crime. He was arrested. Um, I'm not sure if he was actually convicted, but he was arrested while he was governor. He had to resign. This is not that long ago. And uh, so his personal life blew up. And now he's running for the U.S. Senate. And then he puts together probably the most disgust. Well, it's a very disgusting ad. And again, uh, you know what? I was in the military. You know, uh, granted, probably maybe sometimes I'm a little bit too proud about it. But I, he had a million times to say, this commercial is a bad idea. There are a million advisors who could have said, you know what? You really should stop what you're doing. But they didn't. 
and they actually made it, and they tried to put it on TV. This is Eric Greitens, Republican candidate for U.S. Senate in Missouri. And people from Missouri get really bent out of shape if you call it Missouri. Uh, they say it's Missouri. I'm not going to say Missouri. Sorry. It's Missouri, for me at least. Well, let's see here. Where is this at? Cut 41. Cut 41. Eric Greitens, Navy SEAL. And today, we're going rhino hunting. The rhino feeds on corruption and is marked by the stripes of cowardice. Join the MAGA crew. Get a rhino hunting permit. There's no bagging limit, no tagging limit, and it doesn't expire until we save our country. All right, that's pretty sick stuff. Maybe it didn't sound that bad, but what he's doing is he's storming into a house with a bunch of uh, camouflage-clad dudes with big guns, you know, like like a SEAL raid, you know, like they're going after bin Laden, but they're going after rhinos. Now, I don't particularly like rhinos. Hell, I prank phone called Mitt Romney a few times, uh, but I'd like to see Mitt Romney uh, beaten at the ballot box, and I don't want to see his endorsed candidate succeed uh, at, uh, come election day. I don't think there should be a murderous uh, home invasion, though, right? <laughs> this guy, I know you say he says, oh, I'm just joking. Well, um, it's one thing to you know, say a joke, but to produce this kind of joke, produce it, raise money to produce it, to call up a TV station and say, we'd like to put this on the TV. And then he said something actually very interesting at the top. Let me just hear. I got to hear the very, very top of this. OK, uh, cut 41, please. Eric Greitens, Navy SEAL. Stop. Eric Greitens, Navy SEAL. Well, he's not a Navy SEAL. Not at that moment. I'm sorry, but am I going to make a... I can't make a a commercial saying, Greg Kelly, U.S. Marine. I used to be in the... Even when I was in the reserves, let's say I could. Maybe this guy's still in the reserves. You can't go and say that in a political ad. It makes it... It confuses. Like, wait a second. Is this Eric or is this the Navy SEALs? Is the Navy taking this position? What's going on? Oh, you got to actually consider that stuff. Eric Grayton's Navy SEAL. Eric Grayton's Navy SEAL. You know, sometimes uh, we can talk about the SEALs. Great dudes, but they do get carried away sometimes. Man, oh, man, oh, man, and blowing stuff up and all that. No. I want that guy uh, to drop out or lose the election. All right? Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, One of the thing about the governor's race here, Harry Wilson is the businessman who's running. He went to Harvard. He's growing on me a little bit, told a story about how he showed up at nursery school and did not speak any English. He only spoke Greek. And he got so good at school that he went to Harvard and became a tycoon. Good for him. Uh, But he wrote a big fat check for Alvin Bragg. Alvin Bragg, our misfit district attorney who thinks crime isn't crime and criminals aren't criminals, He had an explanation. I did not know this part of his story. I think it was a big mistake to write that check. But you know what? His story is his story. Maybe it checks out. Uh, Cut 47, please. You contributed to Mr. Bragg's campaign. How do you justify that support 
with your position. Start with you, sir. Yeah, it's very simple. It has nothing to do with, I didn't ever support his positions. We went to college together. Two years ago, one of our college classmates asked me to make a contribution to him. He had been a moderate in college. His positions weren't public. I gave him $1,000. That was it. We had never supported his positions. His first memo came out a year later, and as soon as I was asked about it, I said that is, that is incredibly disappointing. That is not the guy I knew, and I would fire him using the powers under Article 13. I've been very public about this. I made a mistake. Uh, I'm going to acknowledge my mistakes, and if I had known two years ago when he was not public, I would never have given him a dollar. It's a pretty good explanation, actually, as far as explanations go. That's, uh, that's not bad. Uh, I want to do this a little bit. I mean, Zeldin, when he went after Giuliani for that thing, when Giuliani was a child, Andrew Giuliani was a kid when this happened. It's just, it was a ludicrous attack. Cut 48, please. Your definition that he is racist in terms of the comments no, no, that he no. made. You, you said edited the video you said, on no, purpose you can because go you're on. It's on YouTube, all right. And the truth all right. is, all right. he was all right. in New York. All right. I didn't selectively we, edit it. We have a lot you, more. We have a lot more. We have statements were I, I need to agree with CNN. Very quickly. Very quickly. I mean, listen, for somebody whose claim to fame was that Chris Farley made fun of him on Saturday Night Live for being an obnoxious kid, who ends up becoming more obnoxious and get kicked off the Duke golf team. And, and then you basically have, get right, positioned right, as the seven. Chick-fil-A runner at the You're White House, right outranked by the White House You're Easter egg. Right now. So right, listen, right, I, I, the reality I, I, is, guys, Andrew, guys, look, gentlemen, reality. you're gentlemen, sometimes Trump. Gentlemen, I'm in reality. Gentlemen, I love the heat. I love the heat. You should get a job. Congressman. Sorry. Andrew, stop. So what a horrible thing to say. And then he said something about Andrew in college. Sorry, uh, Zeldin, I think you wanted it a little bit too much. You're not going to be the nominee. If you are, I will wholeheartedly support you because we've got to get rid of um, Kathy Hochul. But no, I think you blew it. I think you blew it for yourself. And um, politics doesn't seem to be your bag. You made some valid contributions along the way, but uh, no, ain't happening. I'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I'm back. I'm back. Hey, <laughs> you really should listen to uh, to Newsmax, especially my show at 10 o'clock. You can, if you like, watch MSNBC, uh, but it's, well, what do we call this? I think this is flat out racism. I mean, they are really, really nasty. Really, really resentful of, uh, uh, how do I put this, of white people. Yeah. Uh, can I hear that clip, please? The first one. This is Joy Reid and her friends. They're basically having a dinner party. Um, uh, cut one. How do we get our hair and makeup together? Back in the news business, the, your beautiful hair mm-hmm. would not have been allowed even five yeah. years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went renegade last year and started wearing every kind of braid style that you, you could possibly do. Really? I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, all right, now that's all fine. They're just talking hair and makeup. 
Now it gets, uh, it gets steadily worse and weird. Go. Every single one of our businesses, we've had to deal with our hair being fried, falling out of our oh hair. God, yeah. Somebody who didn't know how to do us. Yeah. Couldn't sit in the thing. We couldn't have a black hair and makeup team. Foundations, two shades. Oh, Foundations, oh, Ashy. Right. Okay. And they're moaning and uh, grumbling about uh, the color of the makeup artist not being black. Uh, now, next... The things that we have to battle through sometimes, it's like trying to hold your little candle against like the winds of the ocean. Mm. Um, and I felt that way sometimes coming up in sports because, like you said, it's very white male dominated. Uh, a lot of times they simply don't want you there. Mm -hmm. And I've been on both sides of it where I've worked really hard to get to, you know, the NBA finals. And I've had a white woman raise her hand and say, you only got the job because you're black. Mm. White male dominated. That's a horrible thing. She had to work really hard to get to those NBA finals. Like, yeah, people have to work hard in life. That's not beneath you. I don't think it is. And then, uh, and then, uh, and then uh, somebody said something nasty at work. I don't think it really was about you. It was possibly about this is what happens with affirmative action. You put a big question mark around people. Well, did they get here because – and it's not just because of race, by the way. Did they get here because, I don't know, the boss finds them pretty? I, I don't know. Did they go to the same uh, school? Did they – who knows? Lots of people look for an advantage in life, but an advantage that you have that you had nothing to do with that's used to. And it's it's it is happening. It's happening in a big way. And it's going to cause some resentment out there. That's Maria Taylor. I believe her name is. She's really bitter about the industry, although she makes. According to publication, she makes four million dollars a year. Is it from NBC or Fox Sports? One or the other. Keep going. Let me hear some more. And it is incredible the way that we're breaking in, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about you, sister. I mean, there is nothing whiter and maler than the comedy world. Yeah, correct. It's a lonely, lonely world yes. to be a black woman there. Yeah. I wear this hair for a reason. It makes, it makes white supremacists so damn mad. <laughs> Listen. They don't think somebody like this should work at the New York Times or be on television. And every time I go and speak at a college when black girls are like, I didn't know I could be successful and wear my hair how I wanted. What other race of people? Is it okay to say the way your hair grows out of your head is offensive to me? Well, every race is in that category. Actually, the way your hair grows out of your head. I mean, if you don't wash it, if you let it grow... I'm a, uh, if I just let my hair grow and grow and grow, and if I didn't wash it, that would be offensive to some people. I'm sure it would be. Now, that's that 1619 Project person, Nicole Hannah-Jones, and she's saying, my red hair offends people. Well, we think it looks a little bit goofy, certainly the way you style it, uh, but that's not why we have contempt for you. We have contempt for you because... Your now world-famous 1619 Project is a bunch of BS. It's not true. It's been debunked. But no matter how many historians debunk this, no matter how many historians find all the inaccuracies, all the problems, all the flaws, and the whole idea that America was set up as a – well, because the U.K. would not tolerate slavery and this is a safe place for us to have slaves. I think that's the essence of what she's talking about. Uh, that's not true. It never happened. But since you are a black woman, and since you throw that around so liberally, you know the, the kind of you're you're in your face about it, right? You're always bringing it up. Quite frankly, you use it as a weapon, and it works. It does shame some people. I don't understand it. This is a perverse reaction. 
But there are some people out there, including white men, who will say, yes, ma'am, okay, you're the boss. I don't understand that. I think it should be about the quality or lack of quality in the ideas. And her ideas are horrendous. Uh, Margaret wants to say something about that uh, uh, Eric Greitens guy in his crazy commercial. Hi, Margaret. Hi, how you doing? All right. I uh, I saw that full commercial on TikTok, and it was this really, really liberal Democrat woman showing the commercial and basically telling everyone that this is what we're all about. This is what the Republicans are doing. This is what they want. This is, and it was painting us, in, and the comments were just unbelievable. Every single one was even crazier than the last agreeing that all Republicans and anyone, you know, all Trump people, this, this is what we look like. This is what they think of us. Well, I mean, quite frankly, that's I'm not I don't she can say whatever she wants, her commentary. And a, a stupid commercial like Eric Greitens' commercial opens us up to that kind of criticism. It's one of the reasons why and people are still shocked. I got some people, some uh, some people, some conservative people out there who are upset with me. What do they say? I went off on this guy yesterday, 18 tweets straight. This is offensive. This is crazy. This is psychotic stuff. I, 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 it has to be condemned. I mean, you, there are limits. This is, it, I, I, my limit is way short of homicide, by the way, fantasizing, making jokes about killing people. This wasn't an offhanded remark. They crafted this dumb thing. So forget about what the TikTok lady said. What do you think of the commercial? I sent it to my husband and said, is this a joke? Like, is this, is this a joke? I really thought it was propaganda put out by the left to make us look bad. That's how um, off I thought it was. Yeah, I will. Sense? You know what? You're firing me up all over again. And his stunt, <laughs> I'm, I'm, write, I'm writing, I'm writing, ad, I'm writing him right now. And his stunt, and his stunt has done tremendous damage. Resign or drop out now. Yeah, yeah immediately. immediately. Thank you, Margaret. Hey, what do you do in Queens? I'm a teacher. What's going on in the classroom these days, public or private? Public. Uh, elementary school. We're just counting down the days. What, to summer vacation? Yep. Which is like, it starts tomorrow, right? I mean, when is it? No, Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday. All right, well, yeah. have a great summer. What do you do for the summer? Uh, Relax. Okay. Recharge my battery. All right. Enjoy. It must be nice. Two months off. Yeah. Oh, what a beautiful yeah. thing. But let's face it, all summer long, it's in the pit of your stomach that you got to go back, right? Absolutely. Aww. <laughs> it's like, all right. Well, enjoy it's always it. Nice to, it's always nice to say to my friends when we're going out and they say they have to wake up in the morning, I like to say, oh, my goodness, I have to get up in 10 weeks. <laughs> all right. Enjoy yourself. Have a great summer. Bye 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 bye. Hey, is it raining yet? I should have asked her. It sounded like windshield wipers were going back and forth. Um, all right. Oh, do we have any more of those uh, nasty women? I think we do. <laughs> Two more. Uh, keep going. I just want to get rid of all the layers and just see who I am and who I can function as on camera. And I think I had always been prepping myself and making myself up for the white male gaze because that's what sports is. That's what, if you're covering football, the expectation is. So I'm thinking my hair has to be long. It has to be down to here. And one day I showed up and was like, no, I'm about to do the Winter Olympics and I'm going to cut all my hair off and it's going to be razored on the side and whatever's there will be there and whatever's not is not going to show up on camera. But it was scary. Like, yeah. to bear your whole self on camera and be a black woman is 
scary. Wow, that's so scary. Yeah, man, oh, man. I used to land on aircraft carriers at night. Uh, this woman got a haircut. That's so scary. Wow, scary stuff. What a hero. She's a hero. That's Maria Taylor. And, oh, by the way, um, what did she say about the white male gaze? Talk about an offensive way to put it. Don't you want – this is what you think about the viewers. She has contempt for the viewers. The white male gaze. Can you imagine? Let me hear that one more. Not the whole damn thing. Just go ahead. Let me. She says that pretty early on. The white male gaze. Wow. Sorry there, uh, Queen Maria. Yikes. The white male. I will. I. I. I'm not worthy to look at the queen. Queen Maria. Let's all avert our eyes and turn off whatever show she's on. One more time get rid of all the layers and just see who I am and who I can function as on camera. And I think I had always been prepping myself and making myself up for the white male gaze because that's what sports is. That's what, if you're covering football, oh, the expectation sorry. is. So I'm thinking my hair has to be long. It has to be down to here. Sorry. And one day I showed up and was like, no, I'm about to do the Winter Olympics and I'm going to cut all my hair off and it's going to be razored on the side. Oh, and sorry. whatever's there will be there and whatever's not is not going to show up on camera. Oh. But it was scary. Scary. Like, to bear your whole self on camera and be a black woman is scary. 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 Well, maybe she should have chosen another profession rather than being on television every day. Scary. The white male gaze. Can you imagine a white sports reporter? Who's one of them? What's her name? Erin Rogers? Erin Andrews. Is she the one with a peeping Tom looked at her and she got like a billion dollars for her trouble? That was a little bit much in the way of compensation in my book. But Erin, uh, uh, I'm sorry, what's her name? Andrews, Erin Andrews. Can you imagine Erin Andrews having, say, brunch with all of her white girlfriends and bitching and moaning that she has to do certain sports? For instance, the NBA Finals. And she's worried about the black male gaze. All these black men looking at me. It's terrifying. Can you imagine? It would be horribly racist and offensive and sick. And you know what? It's horribly racist and offensive and sick when Maria Taylor, is that her name? When she says it, Maria Taylor doesn't like white male gaze. Wow. How about that one? Huh? Let's see if we can uh, reconfigure the television to make sure that no white men are looking at her and her uh, uh, goofy haircut. Okay. Now, is there one more of these idiots? I think there is. Okay. What does she say? My husband has access to tools to defeat racism and to disarm white people and white supremacy that I simply don't have. Yeah. I do not have access. And if I try to pick up his tools, I have a, they have a very different outcome right. than he has. Uh, okay, who's her husband? Again, this is MSNBC, a news channel, having a, a, a girl talk, a bunch of, uh, well, how do we put this, um, white male-hating uh, black females just talking trash for an hour. That's what it was. Now, wait, she said something interesting. She said how to disarm white people. I, she gets around to white supremacists, but first it's just white people. I think she has a beef with white people. Then she corrects herself, has to white supremacists. But I guess, you know, these days, same difference, right? Who the hell is her husband and what does he do? Do we know? All right, one more time on this. My husband, My husband. has tools. One, t- to the top, all, the, all over again. Ready? Three, two, one, hit it. My husband has access to tools to defeat racism. Stop it for a second. You know what it sounds like to me? Who who remembers uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High? My dad is a television repairman, 
and has access to awesome tools. Said the same word. Has access to a toolbox. All right, I'm sorry. Take it one more time from the top, and then we have to find out who this numbskull is. Okay, go. My husband, My husband. has access to tools. Ooh to defeat racism and to disarm white people and white supremacists. White people? Don't have. Yeah. I do not have access. And if I try to pick up his tool, I have a, they have a very different outcome right. than he has. Well, what, what would that outcome be? What is the, What are the tools I got? Now I've got to know. I've got to know. I got to know. I got to know. And one more. You're in Staten Island. Hello. Greg, future mayor, I hope. Me? Uh, the reason for my reason for my call is I agree with you with Andrew Giuliani. I hope he becomes the governor. If not him, the second best would be um, Astorino in my book. Um, another thing I have to tell you is I heard something very disturbing earlier. What? That uh, Dr. Oz took Trump off uh, the website. But, uh, you know, and so I'm upset oh, with that. Oh, give me a Hold on a second. I saw that thing crawl. I, you know, they're trying to make a big deal out of this. You know, a website. First of all, they, they didn't scrub Dr. Oz from the uh, from Donald Trump from the website. They did not. It's just the homepage. You know, the homepage is constantly changing. It's constantly updating. It's constantly different. It's, 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 it's one of the phoniest things I've ever seen. Oh, he's no longer on the front page of the website. Give me a break. All right, the website, this is a phony story. Don't fall for it. Websites change, they update, and also you got to cut some uh, Dr. Oz some slack, okay? You know, when he's running in Pennsylvania, it would be nice. You know, it's a very closely divided state, all right? There are people who don't want to be reminded of Trump all the time. I love the guy. You love the guy. Nixon said in a, in a general election, you got to run a little bit closer to the center, and that's okay. That's okay, Ann. All right? Okay. Doesn't mean he's abandoning okay. principles or abandoning Trump or anything like that. You got to be smart about this stuff. You know, he's got to stand on his own. He just can't. And there are people out there who are turned off by Trump. Everybody knows he was endorsed by Trump, and that's why he got the nomination. Now it's up to him to win this thing. So don't 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 hold that against him. The websites change. And you know what? But there will be naturally some distance at this point when he's going for, you know, it's up or down him or Fetterman, that crazy wacko socialist he's running against. So he's going to be okay. Have faith. And can you help Joe Pinion? Can you, can he ever come on your show? Yeah, he's been on, he's been on uh, my TV show and my radio show. He's got his, uh, his work cut out for him. You know, I mean, uh, the wall street, the powers that be, even even Republicans seem to be lined up behind Schumer. I don't like it, especially after he threatened. But you remind me, we got to reach out to Joe and do what we can. But this is on Joe. You know, it's not a, a radio spot here, a TV interview here, there is not going to make the difference. It's about Joe day in, day out, raising the money, getting the word out there. And uh, I, I hope he can pull it off. Uh, but you're right. I got to reach out to him. I will, Ann, okay? Thank you. And one more thing, I'm sorry, because last time I didn't get this in. What? Uh, Grant Finchfield, I miss him. I no longer watch uh, Newsmax except for you. 
I am your fan. You know, I'm a fan of yours, and I watch your show at ten. Thank you. But I no longer watch the list because I'm very upset what they did. Well, number one, uh, I I also you know look, I love Grant. We've been in touch. I believe he's getting a weekend show, which uh, you know, so he's still part of the team. Thank you for watching my show. These things happen in television. They do. They just get realigned. People come and go. It's just it's going to happen to me someday. It's it's just the way it goes. And and your favorite anchor one day is gone. It just happens. It's just the nature of the beast. So, um, uh, but I think Grant's going to be great, and I hope he's got that weekend show. I think they're working on it. So, thank you, Ann. I'll pass on your uh, your uh, concerns and uh, all the best. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, we figured out who that woman is. She's some actress. She's some actress. And her husband has a toolbox. (laughs) Can we hear that one more time? Uh, This is, let's see here. Her name is Sylvia Bath. Sylvia Ryan, no, Ryan Michelle Bath. Ryan Michelle Bath. She is an actress, and uh, her husband has a toolbox. All right, go ahead. My husband has access to tools to defeat racism and to disarm white people and white supremacy that I simply don't have. Yeah. I do not have access. And if I try to pick up his tools, I have a, they have a very different outcome right. than he has. All right. Um, I looked it up. Her husband is, is, is another actor. That's it. Just another actor. Although he happens to be good. Sterling K. Brown. I've seen this guy in something. Uh, Chris Darden in one of those OJ miniseries. He was actually very good. What has she been in? Um, hmm, education, I don't know, ER, a couple of episodes, uh, brothers and sisters, brothers, private practice. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I do know this, that a, a lot of folks are using race as an issue to enhance their power, their individual power. All right. All those women at that uh, table, I don't think they were speaking for a race. They were speaking for themselves. This is just my hunch. They wanted to enhance their power whether it's in Hollywood or at MSNBC, their opportunity. And a lot of it was might just be using race, using even gender as a weapon, as a, what do they, what do they like to call it? What's a fancy hammer? A cudgel, a cudgel to keep them in power, to enhance their earning, their status. Not about a, it's not about a movement anymore. It's about people grabbing for themselves. And I don't like it. All right, we are running out of time. I am going to uh, vacate the premises shortly. It certainly looks like rain tonight, right, Ralph Gramden? Before I go, Barbara is in Long Island. Where are Long Island? Hi. Hi, I'm in Huntington as usual, Greg. Oh, yes. I I have to say, I hope your 10 o'clock hour is working out very well for everyone. It is for me. Last night, for example, you went through almost every list on the issues every item on my issues that I am concerned about. And I was especially glad to hear you talk about not enforcing the laws against these attacks against the churches and the pro-life places. And then I wanted to inform you that today is the start of Religious Freedom Week, June 22nd to June 29th. And tomorrow, the special intention for the day is church vandalism, to pray for an end to church vandalism, because in the last two years, 120 Catholic churches have been vandalized and damaged for no reason other than 
the prejudice against the teachings of the Catholic Church. And somehow that's okay. And somehow that's just okay. Nobody seems to care. The authorities, mainstream media, they just look the other way. We cannot let them do that anymore. You know what? You remind me all over again. I have got to start demanding action. I mean, really, specifically. You know, I've done this before. I call the police in Dallas. I'm going to call the FBI. And you know what? It's not enough if I do it. I think i got to do it live on television. All right? I want to know. I want an update. I want an update. What the hell is going on? How is this being tolerated? Let's, uh, let's start sending some letters to Merrick Garland, our attorney general, that wimp. All right? Hey, you may not agree with us politically, but you got to protect all the people, all the people. Thank you, Barbara. Okay, thank you. All right, all right. Uh, okay, I think it's time. Is it time? It's pretty much time. Um, thank you all. Take care in the wa- rain. It's going to rain. Hasn't started. Yes, it has started. It started at 2.57 p.m. Okay, uh, that's it. Well, Dennis has been on phone for an hour. Dennis, you got the last word of the day. Hi. Hey. You know what I'm going to tell you, Greg? The reason you are the success that you are is because the way you treat your guests. Like, for example, Sandra, you let her play the piano. Nobody would have done that. So forget my question. I just want to leave you on that note. You're a terrific host. Oh, well, that's so kind of you. I mean, let's face it. Not everybody gets the piano treatment. Uh, (laughs) I've been known to hang up. I've been known to yell and scream, but... I appreciate it, Dennis. All right. Thanks, everybody. To be continued, I'll be back here tomorrow at uh, 1-ish. All the best.